welcome everybody to the Cliff Dotes Podcast. Before we move on to tonight's episode, want to give a shout out to our great sponsors. Want to give a shout out to Don Tolly and the team at Tolly and Associates, Nikki Grom and Barnes Roofing, Adams Bar and Grill, David Jin Showbro, Robin Stacy Astuter, Patrick Lyle, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, the High Hope Bar and Grill, Weaver Overhead and Door, and please welcome our newest member of the podcast sponsorship team, Scott Hudson and Recent Nichols. Thank you guys so much for your contributions to the podcast. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you guys so much for everything. Now, on to tonight's episode. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. We have another edition of the Post-it Notes, and it is Thursday night, November the 17th, 2022. And let's not waste any more time. Let's get into a stacked episode of the Post-it Notes. And we're going to kick it off by recapping the City Boys Jamboree as the Lafayette Fighting Irish won their second straight Jamboree with 19-14 win over Central, a 14-7 win over LeBlanc, and a 20-12 win in the final quarters, in the final two quarters against Benton to take the Jamboree title. The Lafayette Fighting Irish were 3-0 on the night, while the Bitten Cardinals were 2-1, Central finished 1-2, and, and Bishop LeBlanc finished 0-3. We had an opportunity tonight to catch up with Fighting Irish head coach Kevin Bristol after his team's Jamboree victory. First time out, just kind of what did you see from your guys tonight? Uh, I like that the, as the, the night progressed, our intensity got better. Uh, I think we came a little bit close together. Uh, that's one of the biggest worries of how we were going to react to adversity. Were we going to become individuals or were we going to come together and, and get something accomplished? And we got a little bit close to it. This is a group that's played together for quite a while, pretty aggressive group. Is that where they play best, just kind of when they're flowing together? Or kind of what do you want to see them kind of become? I think that's exactly it. When we play as a unit, play on the, as a team. Uh, we know who Camden Bennett is. We know who Mikey Thomas is. But they're not lost yet. They're a part of lost yet. They're not lost yet. So we need everyone playing their best and doing their roles in a night in and night out. So. Last thing I have for you is, you know, dragging rights, obviously, just how good is this probably good for the guys and yourself just kind of be able to be Jamboree champions this year? With having nine seniors, it feels pretty good for them. But my goal, just like I told the kids, uh, leading up this, this, let's see where we were at, uh, what we need to work on. Uh, so what we just like, what we just basically what we need to get better at. So that's what tonight was about for me. But having nine seniors, it, it does feel good to win this, win this Jamboree. In college basketball, the Missouri Western men dropped their first road game of the season to Oklahoma Baptist. 78-67 was the final score. Griffs were led in scoring by Reese Glover with 18 points on six threes. Also, Julius Dixon had 17 points and Tate Fields capped off the double-digit scoring with 10. Griffs are now 1-2 on the season and will host Rockhurst on Tuesday. With tonight being the boys' jamboree, tomorrow night, it's the girls' turn to be in the spotlight. The four sit girls' teams in the Jamboree last season combined for four district for three district titles, three quarterfinal appearances, two conference titles, and an 84-33 record. The LeBlanc girls are the defending Jamboree champions, and we caught up with Golden Eagle head coach Jackie Steltonpole on her thoughts on what the Jamboree means to the players. 
Oh, I think a lot of it is just excitement for the kids um, to get out there and um, to play against some of their friends. Just the good old rival ball um, is mainly what the jamboree is, but it, it all comes down to just who can, you know, perform at that given moment um, because there's a lot of work that still has yet to be done and covered um, with only having, you know, a couple weeks of practice. It's hard to cover a whole season's worth of material in two weeks just to perform for a jamboree game. But um, I, I utilize it as, you know, get all the jitterbugs out and all the nerves and everything so that when it's game time, they know, um, you know, what to expect. And in that, in that crowded gym, it's always a great feeling too, as a coach and as a player to have that pressure put on you so that you, you do know what it feels like, um, as the season goes on and those moments occur over and over again. Now the girls jamboree will also be held at Bishop LeBlanc. Doors will open at 4.30 and the first game between Benton and LeBlanc for the first two quarters will tip off at 5.30. Last season, Bishop LeBlanc football made their first appearance in a district championship game since 2013, ultimately falling short to King City. Last week, the Golden Eagles avenged that loss to the Wildcats and get another chance to claim their first district title since 1993. Friday night, they will make the trip to Orc as the Bearcats come in with an 11-0 record and feature the state's second-leading rusher in Jackson Miller. Earlier this week, we had the opportunity to catch up with LeBlanc coach Chuck Davis to talk the victory over King City and look ahead to the huge eight-man District 3 championship versus Oric. We are here on the Cliff Dust podcast previewing the eight-man District 3 championship this Friday night as Bishop LeBlanc goes on the road at Oric. We are here with Golden Eagle head coach Chuck Davis. He is back with us. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Coach. I'll tell you what, what a win for you guys on Friday. 42-14 to 14 over King City, avenging a loss in the district championship game last season. Coach, just walk me through the game. I mean, I couldn't be more proud of our performance. Um, you know, King City's a good team. They're really well coached and have a lot of size, and they're always really physical and run downhill hard. Um, you know, historically, we've not been the best at stopping the run. so. I'm really pleased with how we came out. They had a couple big plays. One was a, a long touchdown. The other one set them up for a touchdown. Um, but aside from that, I thought really defensively we held our own and had a couple of young guys rotating in up front that did a heck of a job. Um, not enough good can be said about sophomore Jacob Winklebauer at defensive end against King City. He had a tall order uh, traveling with the strength, taking on uh, Chase Moss all night and he did a pretty, pretty darn good job well coach that win on friday night set you up with a um, another opportunity to win a district championship a win would be your guys's first district title since 1993 and the program a tall order though on the road at orc who beat stewartsville osborne last week um coach just talk about what you've seen from orc and what are going to be some of the keys if you guys are going to walk out with a district championship on friday well, they got a couple of really good backs in their backfield. Um, obviously, Jackson Miller's a household name around the eight-man uh, football, and Xander Stevenson is is pretty athletic also. So I think we're going to have to try to find a way to contain those guys. And They do a good job blocking up front for them and 
Coach Thacker is going to have them dialed in. So uh, I would expect this to be a four-quarter dogfight, and if we can limit, limit mistakes and win the turnover battle, I think we'll be all right. Coach, absolutely. Um, congratulations to you guys on a, on a job well done so far this season. Um, Coach, um, thank you thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's going to be a big one on Friday night. Nord. Game will be live on KFEQ on, on 680 if you want to listen to the game. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and good luck to you guys on Friday. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Now, the game will be broadcasted on 680 KFEQ with Tommy Rezach on the call. Pre-game will begin at 6.30 and the game starting at 7. We are finally down to two teams in the ultra-competitive 8-man District 4. North Andrew and Worth County will match up in a rematch of their high-scoring Week 8 encounter won by the Cardinals 56-48 in Rosendale. North Andrew was able to defeat East Atchison 46-12 while Worth County was able to beat Platte Valley 46-28 a week ago. Cardinal head coach Dwayne Williams took some week this took some time this week to come on the podcast to look ahead to Friday's huge district championship game. Ladies and gentlemen, we are finally to the district championship in the ultra-competitive eight-man district four as Worth County travels to North Andrew this Friday night. We are here with Cardinal head coach Dwayne Williams. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Clifton. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on, Coach. Um, I'll tell you what, what a performance for your football team last Friday. 46-14 to 14 over East Atchison in the eight-man district for semifinals. Coach, just walks through the game. Well, we knew they were – they've got a tough defense, and we knew that. And, and uh, you know, up front, they're just really, really disciplined, and, and they're big kids, and, and you know, they, they don't make a lot of mistakes. And so – we knew we were going to have to, you know, keep our pad level low and, 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 and you know, try, try to make sure we stayed on the correct path and all those kind of things you want to do on offense. And we were able to do that. And then defensively, you know, we had to stop Spinato. He, he's, a, he's a really good running back, and, and he's really dangerous once you kind of get him off script. You know, he's a cutback runner. He'll, he'll, he'll plant his foot and go clear across the field, that kind of stuff. And we just did a real nice job. I think we held him to like 35 yards or something, which I don't think anybody's held him that low all year. And so I was real, real proud of my guys for just being disciplined up front. And, you know, we run a gap attack defense is what we call it. We have gaps that, we, that we're supposed to control. And, and at the same time, we're, we're aggressive. And so my guys did a real good job of just reading their keys and doing what they're supposed to do. Well, Coach, uh, that, that win puts you into the uh, district championship uh, this Friday again. Uh, Worth County comes back to town, a rematch of week eight, uh, a matchup that you guys won 56-48 to 48 back in week eight. Coach, just uh, talk about uh, what you've seen from Worth County and what some of your keys are going to be to winning a district championship. Well, um, you know, they've made a few changes on the defensive line and, and some stuff we saw, you know, against their, in their Platte Valley film. And, um, you know, we're going to have to make sure, same, same problem we were going to have last week. We've got to keep our pads low up front. We've got to make sure we stay on our path, that, you know, for each play. And, you know, we, we do a lot of double teams. We don't ISO block very much. And so we've got to make sure we're, we're, you know, using our fundamentals on those double teams, keeping our hips together and, and our pads low and, 
uh, you know, if we can control the line of scrimmage, uh, we'll have a chance to be successful. And then defensively, you know, we, we, we just got to play better pass defense. And we made some mistakes that first first uh, matchup and, and uh, you know, just some things we hadn't done all year. And I think their speed kind of caught us off guard early. It's, it's, it's not something we can replicate in practice real well. And so uh, some of the keys we were reading and some of the things we were doing, we were kind of late to them because of their speed. And so we've made some adjustments there. And, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to, you know, turnovers and penalties. Like, you know, anytime two good teams play each other, it's turnovers and penalties. And so, you know, that's how we won the last game. We got turnovers, you know, and we didn't turn the ball over and we can't turn it over this week. If we do, we'll probably lose. And so we just got to be disciplined with the football and, and, and try to, you know, limit as, the penalties as best we can. Coach, I'm definitely looking forward to following this one this Friday night, a big matchup here. I cannot believe we're in the district championship already. So coach, um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for everything as always. And um, good luck to you and your boys against Worth County this Friday. I appreciate it, Clifton. Appreciate you guys covering eight man and, and, and shining a light on these young men. I really appreciate that. Thank you. On tomorrow night's edition of the Post-it Notes, we will recap the City Girls Jamboree at LeBlanc, as well as the eight-man three in four championships. And we're going to preview the class one quarterfinal between East Buchanan and Gallatin and the Maryville at, at hosting Pleasant Hill in the class three quarterfinal and Northwest's trip to Arkadelphia as a matchup with Wachita Baptist on Saturday. We will preview that game as well. I want to sign off here real quick. I want to thank all the supporters, all the fans. Thank you guys so much for your support and contributions to the podcast. I also want to thank our sponsors as a bonus to all of you. I will I will leave you all with my weekly conversation with Devin Albertson and Anthony Craig from Missouri 8-Man Football as we break down last week's results and preview all four of the 8-Man District Championship games this Friday night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast here. One of my favorite times of the year is upon us. District Championship Football Part 2. As Part 1, we had 11-man football last week. This week, we get to discuss District Championships and 8-man football. And I can't discuss anything 8-man football without bringing these two gentlemen on. Please welcome back to the podcast, Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be here. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you guys on. Um, one of my favorite parts of the show every single week. So, gentlemen, let's go ahead before we look ahead to these big district championship games this week. Kind of take a little bit of a step backwards this week. As we had, Last week we had the uh, district semifinals, and we're going to kick that off at District 4. Let's, re let's run down these scores here from District 4. And it was no one Santa North Andrew holding serve 46-14 over East Atchison. And then we got Worth County over Platte Valley, the three versus two game. Worth County was able to win that game 46 to 28. Gentlemen, just give me your thoughts on District 4. Yes, I was there at the North Andrew game, and they just kind of controlled the game from start to finish. They're just a really good football team. That I think East Action's a good team. It just they ran into a better team there with North Andrew, which is too many weapons there on the offensive end. Linville had a nice game. Ecker was his normal great self on there. They played well defensively. Um, and just a nice win there for North Andrew at home to set up a huge district championship game with Worth County, and Worth County got a big win over Platte Valley, which Anthony was at the, that game. So, yeah, and you know Platte Valley started out well, and then that one, uh, that first drive, I think it took 
it was six minutes off the clock uh, to start that. Um, and really, um, it was kind of worth kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, you know, fumbled the ball a couple of times in their first couple of drives. Um, and got behind. And then, you know, the White Miller injury, uh, I think it really kind of hurt Plant Valley um, because, you know, not that they were having great success uh, moving the ball, um, but him going down really kind of made their offense stall. And then, you know, Worth County, Tyler New was fantastic. I think he carried the ball 26 times for uh, 190 yards or something like that. Sounds right, yeah. Um, he uh, he was fantastic. Uh, the best player on the field that night. Um, and, you know, Worth County just kind of ran away with it after that. Uh, Platte Valley didn't have any answers for them really defensively, and that's that's hard to do because uh, that's a pretty good Platte Valley defense. Yeah, I think Worth County scored the 34 straight points now after falling behind 14 nothing. So 32, 34 yeah. points, somewhere 32, in that range kind I of think, deal. Yeah. So, I mean, I was on the sideline for North Andrews. You can tweet updates from Anthony kind of deal. I'm like, okay, so Platte Valley's up, and Worth County keeps kind of fumbling, and all of a sudden, Worth County just kept scoring. And then I'm like, I was on North Andrews' sideline. I'm like, well, guys, looks like you're playing Worth County next week, so we'll <laughs> see what happens there. So it's, that's going to be a fantastic football game, though, between two really good teams that are definitely battle-tested at this point. So it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'll discuss more about that matchup here in just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and let's move on to District 3 real quick here in the uh, – one versus five game, Oric was able to hang on against Stewartsville. 38 to 30, 36 was the final score there. And then I expected this game to be a little bit closer than what it was. Uh, Bishop LeBlanc, 42, King City, 14. And the two versus three game, gentlemen, just uh, give me your thoughts on eight game district three. Yeah, I was really impressed with LeBlanc. Um, I thought they would lose that battle in the trenches. Um, and I still thought it'd be a close game, uh, even if they were kind of because we've seen that against those bigger teams, they've struggled against Fourth County, against North Andrew. Um, so for them to do that against a big defensive front, you know, an offensive line for King City, uh, really impressive. Um, and the way they were able to run the ball, you know, I think you know Devin said they ran for you know 200, 250 yards. Um, that's really impressive. Uh, their defense has played better, um, but they're strength of schedule the last few weeks hasn't been great um but to hold king city to 14 points yeah hats off to them for that um and then the other game you know kind of let Devin touch on that as well but um it really impressive from Stewartsville. um you know for as as happy as i am with that program what they were able to do against those teams that uh you know with losing records and they weren't that good uh wins are still wins for a team that's really struggled the last few years. Um, but for them to put up that kind of fight against Zorik, really, really damn impressive. So, Yeah, absolutely. And start out with that LeBlanc game on there. Uh, giving up 14 points to King City is quite impressive. The only teams to do better against uh, King City this year will be North Andrew gave up 14, Albany gave up 12, and North County gave up 8. Other of the game, King City was able to put some points up. They played some of the top-level teams. LeBlanc was able to prove themselves a bit defensively there. And to score 42 points against that King City defense with the way they did, as Anthony said, there was quite impressive there for LeBlanc. I think LeBlanc kind of proved some of their physicality questions a little bit last week with the way they played versus King City. That was the biggest thing whenever I saw them live versus North Andrew and Archie was like, yeah, they're very good. They're very good skill guys. Gardner's a really good player. They just got pushed around a little bit. I think they took that to heart going into the last month of the season here. And they play, they definitely stepped up the challenge versus King City. It'll be maybe different if they got to play a rematch versus one of those top three teams 
in a possible state championship game, but that's a couple weeks down the road at this point. So good win there for LeBlanc, the way they did it. Give me a lot of confidence in Coach Davis and them going forward there the last, next couple of weeks. They can get a couple of wins there to get down to Columbia. In the other game, yeah, I was kind of surprised the way that Oric kind of struggled with Stewartsville a little bit on there just because Stewartsville, Osborne really struggled versus the top teams in the 275, whether it was not only EA and Platte Valley, but also Rockport and South Holt. They struggled to stop those teams a little bit there. Um, just couldn't quite hang with the top half of the 275. So for them to not only just beat Bramer in the first week, but also to almost upset Oregon, had a lead late that game, was quite impressive for Stewartsville and the, the improvement that program has made this year. And they had a good group of seniors over there. The Gibson kids a stud. Uh, the cross kid at quarterback was a pretty good player for him as well. So that was a good group of kids there at Stewartsville that had a nice little run there in the playoffs. And Oregon, they got the win. The Miller kid's a stud. The Stevenson kid played really weak, really good last week. They got to play better defensively there against LeBlanc, though, with the way LeBlanc's playing. So it should be very interesting to see how that game kind of plays out. And I'm sure Oryx heard quite a bit this week of what we're not only what we're talking, we feel across the state like, yeah, you struggle with Stewartsville, who was the fifth best team in the 275. Can they really beat LeBlanc in this one, who we think LeBlanc's pretty good at this point? So they're probably hearing that as well. And I expect Thacker to have those boys ready to play versus LeBlanc. So that should be a really good game. And I believe Tommy's doing that game as well on the radio. So if you want to, a decent radio broadcast. Go listen to Tommy Rezac on that one on K- KFEQ. Yeah, and I can officially confirm that Tommy is actually going to be doing the game live on KFEQ. I believe pregame starts at 6.30, game starts at 7. So, um, yep. let, let's that sounds about right. So that Sounds about right. So, um, let's talk about some district championships now. This is, this is, we're getting into money ball now in these last couple of weeks. Um, A-Man District 4, um, Worth County, North Andrew. These two teams met up in week eight and are stacked week eight. Seems like week eight was stacked all across Northwest Missouri. 56 to 48 was the final score in that week eight matchup. I believe this is a toss-up game. I feel like either team could really win this game. Wouldn't surprise me if either team won this game. So, um, gentlemen, just give me your thoughts and some keys for each team if they're going to walk out with a district championship. Um. We'll start with the winner of the last game, that's North Andrew. Uh, and a couple of things I wanted to point out were parts the, where they struggled in that first matchup. And you know, for North Andrew, it was stopping the pass. Um, Tyler knew, uh, pulled some things out in the passing game. Um, but early on, they had no answers for Dylan McIntyre. Um, they did a pretty good job against Levi Caspall, who's he's no slouch. He's a pretty good running back. But they, they just couldn't run the ball. Um, they use a lot of different screens and things like that to kind of, you know, move the ball around. Um, so for them to win this game, um, they got to figure out how to stop Dylan McIntyre, Grant McIntyre. Um, then on the other side, uh, Worth County, um, you know, Haydenecker ran for 300 yards in that first meeting. Um, so can they stop them? You know, Platte Valley is a pretty good running team, um, but I don't think they're up there with North Andrew. So I think this week will be a bigger challenge. They also did some things last week against Platte Valley that Platte Valley hadn't seen on film. Now North Andrews had a week to kind of prepare for that. So I don't know if they'll have the same success knowing what's coming uh, with them not being able to catch North Andrew by surprise. Um, but, you know, North Andrew, there is some, I don't want to say concerns, but they're you know, it's brought their attention to how well they that defensive line played last week. Um, so I think it's can North Andrews stop the pass? Can North County stop the run? 
whoever does that, I think wins this one. I also expect it to be uh, much lower scoring because I do think these teams will figure out ways the second time around to slow down these offenses. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big matchup looking forward to when North Andrew has the ball is center Jacob Chittum versus nose tackle Jace Latham. That's two heavyweights kind of pounding on each other there. Those two really good football players just going to be beating on each other for four quarters on there. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Worth kind of some interesting things that first game and how they attacked North Andrew in the past. They really didn't attempt to block Chittum, kind of a one-on-one situation there. It was more we're going to bring a man in motion at him there that he has to deal with the jet sweep action first and then go after the quarterback. And New was able to get the ball off a couple times in that first matchup, just a split second before Chittum got to him. So I'm interested they use that same concept again with that or if they do something different with sliding protection over to Jacob's side or what they're going to do with that. That's a big key for this game because there were about three or four passes in that first game where if Chittum has another half a step, he's getting the new before he gets the ball downfield and McIntyre on there. So that's going to be interesting to see if that changes this time around on there. And or if McIntyre we'll, was not a freak. <laughs> yeah, if McIntyre's not a freak. He had a couple of just weird, fantastic catches that game as well. That kid's a stud um, with that. And, his younger, and Grant's um, not too shabby himself either out there in the height shoot kid kind of gets he's the fourth best skill guy there for Worth County outside of quarterback and it's like he kind of gets forgotten but he's a really good player for them as well so Worth County is just an explosive team with that and then North Andrew Ecker ran for 297 yards that first game and it felt like he left 30 yards on the field just because he would run out of bounds instead of trying to gain extra 10 yards because like hey I'm not I'm banged up a little bit I'm just gonna get my 25 yards here and just kind of glide out of bounds um, so he's been fantastic all year for him. I think he's healthier this time around than he was the first time. He had a few weeks there to rest up there between a bye week and playing Southwest Livingston in the year, so they got a little rest there for him as well. So I think he's healthier this time around, which is a terrifying thought for Worth County after we did week one the first time around to him. So I'm intrigued by that. I think Linville is going to step up and have a huge game here. Um, I think it's going to be maybe a little more scoring than Anthony does here. I think the first of 40 points wins probably. It's I think he thinks he's going to be probably below 30s kind of deal with that with both defenses stepping up a little bit. I think both teams will catch something on offense on a couple of possessions there and it's going to get a little higher scoring. Just a couple, a couple of big plays will happen there. I don't expect either team to get the 50 points, though, kind of deal on there. I think it's going to be one of those really good eight-man football games where it's 36-40 kind of deal in the winter. Last minute of the game, either gets a touchdown or a stop there to, to seal the win there. So it should be a fantastic game in Rosendale. Uh, hope Anthony stays warm over there. Should be a fun one. And it could be a game that by the end of the year, we're like, well, the winner of this game was kind of on a track to win state championship unless Archie makes something happen next week for it. So we'll see what happens. But I think North Andrew wins this game close. I'm not overly confident because if Worth County won this game, I would not be surprised at all because these are just two heavyweights, the two most winningest programs in eight-man history and Missouri going at it and should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think for – you know, when we're talking about Ecker's health, um, you know, I think he had, had he's always had the hip issue, whatever. Um, that that really hasn't slowed him down at all. And this year, I don't know if it was one hand or both hands were sprained. Um, didn't hurt him too much on offense, but I think him being healthy, um, and having you know healthy hands could be beneficial for him on defense, um, because I think we've seen in districts. He looks like a different player defensively. Um, then you know, a few weeks of rest has seemed to help him a lot. So we had three interceptions versus Ashton too. So like, including a pick six. So he was he was very good defensively last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, with Eichner back as well, um, I, I I just think it's gonna be a fun game because they're 
they're great players all over the field. Um, and you know, like yes. I like I keep saying, you know, I've I've watched being able to cover both these teams and watch these kids as you know from freshman on. Um, it's it's gonna be tough. Um, you you hate to see it end for one of them in a district championship, but you know, we we've had that conversation multiple times this year and made the best team win kind of deal. So. Absolutely. Looking forward to follow that one on Friday. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the tweets there. So let's move on to eight man district three. Now, um, Bishop of Lawn, the um, only city of St. Joe team left in the playoffs um, on the road at Orc. Um, LeBlond has a chance to uh, win their first district championship since 1993. So um, gentlemen, give oh, wow. me your thoughts on eight man district three. So LeBlanc hasn't won a district championship in my lifetime. Is that what you just told me there? Yes. I mean, is, am, I, am I just young? <laughs> is that what happened here? Um, yes. In their defense, they've had some pretty tough districts there, and they were in the district championship game last year, ran to a really good King City team. Um, I know they're on the road this year compared to being on home last year, but I think this year they're probably the favorite going into this game. Uh, with that, I think they have a lot to prove. I think they got a big monkey off their back with King City. I think both these teams really had a King City monkey on their back the last couple of years. Um, in the last two years, Orr got knocked out by King City. LeBlanc got knocked out by King City last year. So it's kind of one of the deals where get the big bad Wildcats out of the, out of the way kind of deal for both these teams um, with that. But I think it's been a very interesting game. We talked about it in our in Anthony's podcast there earlier tonight. But between Landon Gardner for LeBlanc with Jake Carell on the outside, um, they have some explosive um, weapons there for LeBlanc. And then for Oric, Jackson Miller is a fantastic running back for the Bearcats. I know they struggle a bit defensively this year at times, but he is – a stud. He's a big, powerful back who has some good speed, too. He's got some burst to him as well. Um, he's over 2,000 yards this year. He's been a really good player. Missed a couple of games due to injury. Even there, still has over 2,000 yards. He's a really good player. The Stevenson kid at quarterback is a shifty little shifty little guy who can sing the ball a little bit there for him. So, and he has – I think he set the state record based on what I've seen for history with interceptions in the season with 13. So, expect him to be shadowing over Carell most of the game on there and see if he can – pick off Gardner a time or two. That could really swing the game for Oryx side. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens in this game. Two really well-coached teams. We like both these coaches with Davis and Thacker. They're two of the more fun coaches in the state on there. Uh, good interactions with both of them. So um, it should be a very fun game over there in Oryx. What he said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the only thing I'd add is, um, <laughs> and I don't know if it has something to do with LeBlanc being in a city um, where a lot of these teams are, tiny little towns scattered throughout. Um, but I, I don't know if Landon Gardner gets the, you know, people really appreciate the kind of player he is. Um, you know, like I talked about, you know, just a little bit ago with Devin. Um, for me, I think this game comes down to the stars of each team. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, Jackson, how great he's been at running back. Uh, Landon's been, you know, fantastic his entire career, both offensively and defensively. Um, and, you know, for me, I think it comes down to who has the better game. Um, you know, Jake Carell's great. Uh, you know, Warwick has some good pieces around, you know, Jackson as well. Um, but I think for me, it comes down to which star um, has the better game. Yeah, and I'll add this real quick. So the Miller-Stevenson combo for Warwick this year on the ground, they have combined for just over 3,500 yards and 60 touchdowns between the two of them. So 
a very dynamic duo there between the two of them, kind of running the, the rock there for the Packers team. So LeBlanc has their work cut out for them just because they're going to be able to score points no matter who they kind of play on there. I just interested to see what they do against uh, Gardner there because Gardner is very similar to a player that we like a lot in Kipper Klein from Albany, who, as Anthony said, playing for a little bit of a smaller town, he gets a little more just the community. It just there's only one team to root for in the city kind of deal instead of the four or five that are in St. Joe kind of deals. So should be a lot of fun though. I know the LeBlanc community is pretty tight there. So uh, should be a lot of fun to see what they do over there in Oric. Nice little trip for them. Um, about probably about an hour, hour and a half away over to Oric. So should be a lot of fun um, with it. And where that game has a good chance to go to state. I mean, Oric, they've beaten both Sweet Springs and St. Paul this year. If LeBlanc beats them, they'll probably be favored in the semifinals. So the winner of this game could very well be, you see them in Columbia in a couple of weeks there. So it's a huge game there in district three. And and last thing here, the one advantage that I really think LeBlon has is they're they're battle tested. Like yes, they, they are. They've played three of the top five teams in the state this year. Didn't go well. Uh, well, they played well. <laughs> I mean, they played well against Archery for a while, and then you know, kind of got away from them. Um, but those games don't matter as far as you know the win loss. Uh, but having seen that. Um, you know, I think that helps them and gives them a bit of an advantage. And playing King City last week. I mean, that's a huge, another big game there. And they, they're at a conference. KC East Christian was a much better team this year, and they're at a conference they have in the past, too. So mm-hmm. it's been a little bit of a weaker schedule here in the last month or so up until the King City game. But as you said there, they know what playing a good team means and what it kind of takes to compete with them a little bit. So it should be a lot of fun to see what LeBlanc uh, brings over there in Oregon. Absolutely. I know that, uh, you know, eight-man district three and four, it's a little bit closer to my coverage area here on the Cliff Dust Podcast, but we got two other district championship games that we're going to kind of shine some light on here on the podcast. How about eight-man district two? And uh, one of the scores that really stuck out to me last week was uh, Sweet Springs over North Shelby, 40-36 to 36 was the score there. They advanced on to meet um, St. Paul Lutheran, who defeated um, Schuyler County, 60-20 to 20 there. Um, gentlemen, um, give me your thoughts on eight man district two. Yeah, um, I'll comment more on St. Paul. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to see Sweet Springs this year, um, but I have watched St. Paul quite a bit, um, you know, especially on film. Uh, shout out to Coach for you know sending that film over to let me watch. Um, they have a you know one of the it's similar to Landon in a way, um, you know, private school kind of way. A ways out of the way, but uh, Jay Maggard is one of the best players on both sides of the ball in the state. He's a fantastic running back. He's a great linebacker. Um, now, the question for them, and I think um, it doesn't matter as much in this game, is their pass defense. Um, you know, because I've seen you know Knox County had opportunities in that game, and Knox County is not great this year. Um, just passes that kind of. Uh, you know, or a yard, you know, a few feet off from being big plays. Um, that's that's the biggest concern I have for them. Is while Maggard is great at stopping the run, uh, especially you know with Anderson on the defensive line, um, the pass defense is a problem. Now in this game, they don't have to worry about that as much because Sweet Springs is a running team, um, so that kind of works in their advantage. Um, I think they're the better team. I think top end talent wise, they're a little bit better. Um, but when you're Sweet Springs, they when your best player is your quarterback, um, that's a huge advantage. Um, that's why you know LeBlond is as good as they are because they have a guy like Landon Gardner. Um, 
you know, that's how Southwest Livingston a few years ago um, with Mac Anderson were able to get to the state title game because that one position um, can kind of carry the rest of the team. You know, Bobson's a good player, but, you know, he's not on that level. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that has two of the four players this year who rushed for 2,000 yards with Blake Schrader from Sweet Springs and then Jade Maggart from South St. Paul Lutheran. Two just really good football players. And just and he said, Anthony said already with Maggart playing uh, both ways there, and I think he was leading the state in tackles going into the playoffs kind of deal. He's a very good player. I think the Schrader kid, he's second on the team in tackles, and he's a hard hitter there at linebacker for him too. They don't want to use him as much there because he has to do a lot offensively for them. Uh, but I know the Kipmeyer kid and I believe the Dorman kid as well for him are good players as well to kind of supplement him a bit there to give him a couple breathers throughout the game just so he can be at his best. So I'm really intrigued. And I think Sweet Springs, they played St. Paul back in week five. It was their fifth ever game in eight-man football. I think they were still kind of adjusting a couple of things and figuring some things out. I think they've done a little bit better as the year has gone on to kind of just get used to the eight-man style a little bit for them. And beating North Shelby last week was a great win just for them kind of deal to give them some respect. I know North Shelby – They've had a couple of really good years for eight-man football, so they've got some of that cachet of a team that's proven kind of deal. They were down a little bit this year. That's still a huge win for Sweet Springs to go on the road all the way to Shelbyville and get a win there. We'll see what they do here. And this is a game – I know we talked about North Angel and Worth County being kind of rivals there in the GRC. These two teams have a pretty good rivalry themselves over there. Uh, they're pretty close to each other. And I know that St. Paul Lutheran and Concordia are in the same city. But the bigger rivals for those teams for St. Paul is Sweet Springs and for Concordia Santa Fe. So this is one of the bigger rivals here for St. Paul Lutheran as well. So you get a rivalry game between two really good teams with a state semifinal berth on the line. Should be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to be over there in Concordia to watch uh, the Saints and the Greyhounds go at it. So it should be a lot of fun. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about AMAD District 1 now. And I think this is kind of the, uh, the district championship that we kind of expected from the preseason. Archie versus Drexel, and I add some storyline, add some storyline plots and twists to it. You know, the injury to Jacob Coffee um, earlier in the season. Um, now Archie's kind of taken kind of the top spot there in that district. So, um, gentlemen, just give me your thoughts on Archie versus Drexel. Archie's real good. <laughs> that's that's my Archie's real good, and Drexel's down to their third, maybe fourth quarterback. I mean, that's just. Drexel has been hit with the injury bug so hard this year. They were a team that um, I had coming to the year, number one in the state kind of deal, Jacob Coffee coming back, a good group of kids coming back with one of the better coaches in the state. I'm like, yeah, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be right there at the end kind of deal. And for them to still be in this district championship game after what they've been through this season is just a testament to Coach Dean and how good of a coach he really is um, on there and how good their defense can be. Uh, with him just keeping stuff up because they're very good defensively each and every year, even after losing their best defensive player in Jacob Coffey, not just their best player there for him. So them beating Lockwood last week was very impressive, despite I know Lockwood had some injuries they had to deal with too at that same time, but kind of even the playing field, Drexel did get a win there um, with that one. And I just think Archie's very, really good. I mean, I saw that game the first time around, and Archie is just – they're a machine this year. They got some good sides up front. They got really good skill guys, and – um, hopefully this is a good game to get them kind of ramped back up to play a really good team in the semifinals uh, next week with the winner of North Andrew Worth County. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to in this game is just Archie just getting prepared, uh, just another hurdle. They haven't won a district championship since going to eight-man football. They finally beat Drexel this year in the regular season after going 0-4 the first two years in eight-man. So this is just another notch for Archie to kind of keep improving as a program is to get out of the South District and to play a team up north to kind of prove themselves and they're ready for that opportunity as well. My top two teams um, from the beginning of the season 
are both undefeated. Um, that's how much faith I had in Archie. Um, and a lot of that um, is a guy playing quarterback. Um, I'm not sure there is another guy I would take over him. Uh, Devin, tell me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Briar's really good. He's only a junior, too. He'll be back next year. So look yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, and Coach Dean is, you know, we 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 discuss the coaches that um, are kind of blessed with talent, and when you get Jacob Coffee, he's gonna make you look good, um, no matter who you are. Um, but you know, Coach Dean does a great job with uh, schematically getting his guys in the best, you know, places. Um, I thought, you know, a few years ago against Southwest Livingston in that game, um, his guys ran out of gas. Uh, but there, I don't know if there were any teams that kind of gave them the kind of trouble um, that Drexel was able to do. And a lot of that has to do with Dean and what he was able to do schematically. The problem this week is as good as you can be schematically, if you're down to, I don't know, 10, 11 guys, I don't, I don't know how many players they have left, to be honest, that are healthy. Um, you know, the quarterback they were going to have play this week has the flu now. So I don't – I really don't know what they're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for them, they're going to lose. Um, you know, I don't – I don't know. It's not often we can be like, yeah, we know who's going to win this one. Um, but like Devin said, to get to the district title game with the season they've had and they've had, it's um, – and, well, know. even like second half of the year, beating St. Paul Lutheran in the regular season finale with your backup quarterback kind of deal and just what they've been through this year has been very impressive for them. To get the 10 wins with everything they had this year, get a 10-2 and two season, that's a down year. They'll take that every year at Drexel kind of deal. That's a very good season uh, with that. They should take that every year uh, with sure. that. So it's a it's a very good football team. Um, and just some kids we don't talk about a whole lot down there. The day rear kid there at receiver is a very good player. The two Munter boys are just tough, hard-nosed football players. We love JoJo Mitchell. Uh, he was fun last year in the state run kind of deal. So um, some other kids have just stepped up, and we'll see what happens going into this year. But just, they lost a lot of production there at quarterback just through injuries this year. And uh, as Anthony said with Briar McIntyre, he's played eight – I have eight games of stats. He's averaging about 300 yards of offense a game, and he has 45 touchdowns through eight games. Uh, missed one game due to injury kind of deal. And I haven't had the last two playoff games, and he's played very well in both those games. So I'm sure those numbers are the same or even better. So he is every bit as good. I mean, he's 6'1", 6'2", 180, 185. You could tell he put the work in the offseason. He throws a really good ball. He's a tough, hard-nosed kid. Drew does a great job down there at Archie of getting kids in space and getting them to be able to be the best they can there. So I'm intrigued to see what they do with that one. So, And I'm intrigued to see what Dean throws at him because Dean's just going to throw some weird stuff at Drew just to mess with him a little bit, I think, on there to see if they can catch him in a couple of places there to try to gain an advantage. So that should be a really fun chess match from the coaches as well, who we respect quite a bit up here. Kimper Klein. That may be, that may be the only guy now yep. that I think about it. Might be the only one. And Kimper they're, and Landon are the of... only two that I would put in the same stratosphere, a quarterback. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, gentlemen, I am so excited for these uh, district championship games. Uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from December 1st and um, the eight-man state championship. It'll be here before we know it. So um, after Friday night, we'll get one step closer as we talk next week about the eight-man semifinals, whatever those matchups will be. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As always, always a pleasure to have you both on talking eight-man football. And I'm looking forward to for you guys being back next week to talk about the semifinals. 
Yeah. Check out Tommy's broadcast on Friday. Yeah. yeah definitely check out Tommy's broadcast on Friday. KFBQ pregame 630. Um, game starts at 7. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thanks, Cliff.